Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, to the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur list maker. Welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting talk and music shows throughout the day. All we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. I want you, my friends, to, to be part of the show. I want to engage with you. So, find me on the Twitter, on the Rizzle, even on the Instagram, even on Cameo at Colt S. Taylor, and catch up on what I'm doing week in and week out at ColtSebastianTaylor.com. All right, my friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. Friends... As long-time listeners to this show, I'm coming up on a year here pretty soon, you know that uh, rarely do I get up on a soapbox and espouse my opinion, except when it comes to car maintenance. I mean, that's obviously something I'm very passionate about. But I came across a story this week that I wouldn't say enraged me, but I was very irritated to read it. And then, yep, I'm going to be talking about this this week. So we go to Florida, the state that that brought us Flo- the Florida man and Florida woman, uh, where a law was signed by Governor DeSantis. And this law is requiring Florida students and professors to register their political views with the state of Florida. Yeah, let me let me just let me just break it down even more. If you work at a Florida university or you go to school at a Florida university, this law says they're going to give you a survey and you tell the state, hey, what are your political leanings? You lean to the left, you lean to the right. Yeah. Yeah, they're making a list of students and professors and what their political beliefs are. Now, there's nothing in this law that says these surveys have to be anonymous, okay? It's a very broadly, vaguely written law. Um, they, uh, the, the, the writer law says, hey, listen, people, people won't be promoted or fired based on the results of this survey. But there's nothing in the law that says that. There's nothing in the law that says that. And the thought is that uh, funding to these universities might be cut if the if the legislature doesn't like the results of the survey, okay? So there is a wide-held, false, stupid, Facebook group mean belief that universities produce Marxists and communists. They're all left-wing boogly-booglies. Uh, well, if you believe that, you're kind of stupid. I'm sorry. You, 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 that's, that's just not the way it works. Yes, they tend to lean to the left. Sure, but there's plenty of other uh, institutions out there. If you want to indoctrinate your uh, your 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 student, your child with right-leaning uh, beliefs, you know, Liberty University. There you are. There you are, right there. You know, you can plenty of other universities you send people to if you want them to have absolutely have a right-leaning view of things. 
But universities are universities. They have always been like that. So, I I personally have an immense issue with this. Okay, this now a lot of people like to throw around calling people fascists or calling people communists or socialists or Marxists. Uh, but listen, a lot of those folks don't even know what those words mean. <laughs> I find, you know, if you call if you gotta label people those things all the time, it begins to lose meaning. However, allow me to label this McCarthyism. McCarthyism. Time for a history lesson, my friends. Back in the 50s, there was a senator called Senator McCarthy, and he ran a uh, congressional uh, committee on the investigation on un-American activities. And he would haul people out of life and put them there and says, you know, have you or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? And he wanted people to name names. So he wanted people to come secretly to this committee say, hey, who do you know is a communist? And then they would get that, and then they put the FBI, and then they'd be harassed by the FBI and whatnot. Eventually, he imploded. <laughs> I think he died of liver cirrhosis in like the late fifties, whatever. This what this is. This is McCarthyism. There is no business for the state of Florida that know what your political beliefs are in an educational institution. Okay. Now listen here. I mean, Florida is chopped full of uh, clowns, okay? This is the home of Matt Gates. you know? You know, the Beavis and Butthead, if, he, if they had a child, that'd be Matt Gates. okay? He's going to jail in July for sex trafficking. Not exactly the creme de la creme of political thought down there. And um, this is <laughs> the, the Florida Senate president... Uh, had a meeting with the University Board of Governors calling the institutions socialism factories. Mind you, no one has ever produced any proof that they're socialism factories. Maybe they want this survey to say so. So, yeah, I have a, I have a big problem with this. I think this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Making a list of students and professors and their political beliefs. Huh. I find, I find it interesting. I find it interesting that uh, uh, the political party wanting to do this, this is a GOP-led thing, the, the party that wants to make a list of people and their political beliefs, all right, fine, fine. I'll trade you that. I'll trade you that. Tell you what, you can do that. How about in Florida we make a list of everyone who has guns? How's that? I would like, if you want to know what the political beliefs of professors and students are, in state universities, I'd like a list of who has guns. Who has guns and how many? Wait, what? What? Second Amendment? <laughs> what? What? All right. If you don't want that list, then I kind of feel this is a First Amendment violation. Okay, especially if you're going to have a state depend. If you have a state sending less money to university because you don't like a survey, it kind of seems like you're stifling some sort of speech there. So. I have a big problem with this. I don't think this will go far. I hope it doesn't. I hope the courts see that this is this is this is goddamn ridiculous. But I'm going to say that uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is the Hyundai Tucson of governors. Yes, yes, my friends, I said it. Governor Ron DeSantis, I know you're listening to this program. I'm sure you're a longtime fan. You, sir are the Hyundai Tucson of governors 
in this great country of ours. That's right. I want to turn that into a thing. When people are absolutely ridiculous, terrible, and should be ashamed of themselves, they, from now on, will be known as Hyundai Tucson's. The Hyundai Tucson. So I'll be definitely be following this. I mean, I used to be a teacher, so educational. When people who have no business, no business, sticking their noses into education, decide to do something like this, it catches my attention. It catches my attention. So I'll be following this, see where this goes. But uh, I, I, I'm surprised that this is happening. Like, this is, this has, this, I mean, I'm surprised, not surprised. This should not be something that's going on in the country. They shouldn't be making lists of people and their political beliefs. I mean, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you, are listening how that sounds? Like, oh, we want to survey students and their political beliefs. Okay. Is it anonymous? Eh. Is it going to affect funding? Meh. Hmm. We're going to use this list for? Ow. We just want to know. So. Yeah, this is this is disgusting. Disgust. I'm disgusted by this. Uh, all right, let me get off my soapbox. My uh, my uh, soapbox. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, by the way, if you don't like what I'm saying, if you're like, oh, Colt, this is. Oh. If you have any complaints about my last segment there, tell you what, I do take complaints, but only in written form. So uh, take a new crisp. Uh, $20 bill, write a brief message on the back about my, my, my segment, and send it to AWSM Radio, and I assure you, if they get enough messages on $20 bills, um, then they will, they'll get back to me. In fact, if you really want to say how much you don't like me, sponsor the show, then I'll be forced to read some sort of sponsor from you. I mean, it's the only way, it's the only way. All right. Enough about Florida. Time to move on to the next subject. We now go from Florida to the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, my home state, for a story that this this is a weird one. Like I had to read this several times to understand it, and it's it's still a little bit of a mystery. So in 2018, the FBI got an affidavit and a warrant to dig up uh, some state-owned land in Elk County in March 2018. And the only thing they said is they were uh, excavating some area uh, for evidence that suggested that there may have been a cultural heritage site there. That's all they said. They went in there, they dug it up, they thought there might be something of interest in there that of cultural heritage, and they left. And then court documents were sealed. Well, court documents were unsealed this week, and apparently they were looking for gold. Gold! Um, there had been long-held rumors that that part of Pennsylvania, hundreds of millions of dollars of gold and bullion and other things from the Civil War stolen from trains and banks were buried there, were buried in caves. And so some treasure hunters went looking. They brought a very high-end scientist with them who had very special equipment to look in the ground and detect things. And they came across this part of Elk County on state-owned land, owned by the state. And they're like, you know, there's, a, there's, there's something down there. And there's something down there that's kind of, you know, this is what gold looks like. But it's state-owned land. They just can't go in there and dig things up. 
And if something's on state-owned land, it kind of belongs to the state. So the treasure hunters approached the state about it, and some staffer said, okay, I will give you a state permit to dig up this land if you give three gold bars or 10% of what you find to a certain agency or certain group. Uh, they sort of hinted that, like, we'll get you to do this if you donate 10% to the Democratic, uh, Pennsylvania Democratic Party. And so they went to the FBI with it, and then the FBI went to the court and said, listen, we want this a secret affidavit to go in there because we feel that if we find something, the state will seize it, saying it's theirs, and it'll be tied up in the courts for years. So they went in there, they dug it up, and they left. They had those sealed, unsealed records, and they said, well, you know, uh, we dug it up, we didn't find anything. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, the, they were only allowed to dig between, I believe, like 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. But there were reports at the time that digging went throughout the night and multiple armored trucks were seen going in and out of the excavation site throughout the evening. Which is weird. Which is weird, right? So, yeah. Like... Why would armored trucks be going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth from the site if they didn't find anything? And <laughs> it is, it's weird. Like, there's a lot of questions about what exactly went on there because the scientists that they brought in to do the ground penetrating scans and whatnot, very good at what he does. He doesn't, you know, the science... The science is unlikely to be so wrong that they didn't find something. There's definitely something down there. But to say they found nothing, that scientist is saying, hmm, I'm not too sure about that. I'm not too sure about that. So there's a question of what exactly did the FBI find in Elk County? That it seems like they found something, but... There's been no reports about what they found back in 2018. Now, to make things a little bit more interesting, the U.S. Mint says, you know, we don't we don't have thing. There's nothing missing from the Civil War. We don't have missed shipments from the Civil War. Like, there's gold there. It's not ours because there's nothing in our records saying it's missing. With that said, I mean. Records from the 1860s, not exactly on a laptop. Mistakes could have been made. There's been fires. Records, records have been lost. Who's to say someone didn't tear something out of a ledger? ledger and like, oh, that, that's gone. So it's a very, very interesting story. I, um, I, I just, I just don't know. I don't know. And now to make this even more, more interesting, there is a report that a, uh, Civil War era group called Knights of the Golden Circle, uh, which were Confederate sympathizers uh, wanting to expand the Confederate nation down to the Caribbean, maybe in South America, sort of make a Confederate empire, whatnot. Uh, they were involved in a lot of bank robberies and stealing of gold, and they reportedly buried secret caches of weapons and coins and silver all over the place to, you know, for the South to rise again and whatnot. And a lot of those guys died and they got arrested. And 
there is some question. Is, is there these secret stashes of treasure sprinkled over the United States where they've stolen stuff and you know, people don't keep records very well back then? Are they there? So it is interesting. Very interesting. Um, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, because the mint, the mint says, the mint says we don't have anything missing. But, you know, their records during the Civil War period isn't, they, they aren't that great. They aren't that great. So they, they might be missing something and no one knows about it. And the FBI might have scooped it up. So where did that gold go? Or maybe they didn't find anything. Maybe this is all just hearsay. These are treasure hunters. They're known to be rather eccentric folks. But uh, I found that to be very interesting. Of gold. Gold in the hills of Pennsylvania. So I'll keep tabs on this as well. See if anything interesting pops up. But uh, yeah. two. Hey listen folks. I, I bring you two amazing stories right off the bat. Right off the bat here. On the Saturday report. But I'll tell you, my friends, there's something that's not buried in a cave in Pennsylvania. There's something that you can hear every week here on WSM Radio. It's DC live in effect. He is our in-house DJ DC, my personal friend, and he mixes it up every Friday night at 9 p.m., Sundays at 10 p.m. You do not want to miss out while he smashes it on the ones and twos, kicking the beats from South Florida week in and week out. He is not the Hyundai Tucson of DJs. He is much better than that. In fact, I'm, I'm all going to limb. I think he should be governor of Florida. I think D.C. should be the governor of Florida. But until that time happens, you can listen to D.C. live in effect here on AWSM Radio, Fridays at 9 p.m., Sundays at 10 p.m. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. I do. I listen to him quite frequently. So, listen to D.C. Live in effect, right here on AWSM Radio. We now go from Florida to Great Britain, where the government has banned junk food advertisements. Uh, they can only be advertised between 9 p.m. and 5.30 a.m. Uh, so, outside those hours, advertisements for food that are high in fat, salt, and sugar uh, will not be permitted uh, there are some exceptions, uh, some healthy foods that have uh, high fat, salt, and sugar like uh, honey, olive oil, avocados. They will be exempted from restrictions. Uh, also, any business with 250 employees or less um, will will be will be able to still advertise it. So, like you know, restaurants or small businesses that make things like that. But like this is basically targeting. Big franchise uh, like McDonald's and Burger King uh, try to cut on childhood obesity, okay? So basically how here in the United States you can't advertise cigarettes on TV or or radio or mass media like that. They're just in magazines now. Are they in magazines now? I don't know. I don't read magazines. But they're going to ban uh, these commercials advertisements during hours which children are awake. So they're trying to... They really are trying to protect the long-term uh, health of children by not advertising these foods to them. But they are carving out a little little space for small and medium-sized businesses, you know, those with 250 employees or less, um, because they rely on advertisements to promote these things, 
because they're small businesses and they don't have that sort of name recognition. And it's the only way they can communicate with their customers. And they're often also the hardest hit businesses during the pandemic. So eventually that probably will apply to them once everyone gets back on their feet after COVID-19. But this is, um, this is what they are, this is what they're hoping for. They want to remove 7.2 billion calories from the children's diets and uh, they, per year or a year and hopefully lower the number of obese children by 20,000. Uh, now, London in 2018 also enacted a ban on junk food advertising on public transportation networks uh, like buses and subways. So this is kind of a expansion of this to no longer do uh, broadcasting or promoting of these things online or on TV or anything like that uh, unless it's between the hours of 9 p.m. and 5.30 a.m. So set to take effect uh, at the end of this year, see if it changes anything, but uh, uh, this is the first time I've heard of something like this going on in a large nation. So be interesting to see if this uh, trend continues in other countries. Moving on to the world of media, BuzzFeed is about to go public. BuzzFeed, once known for their clever quizzes, like which, which Twilight character are you, actually has a very robust news organization and has BuzzFeed reporters. Uh, they're going to public, and they are valued at $1.5 billion. And they plan to buy Complex Networks for $300 million. Uh, Complex Network is a global youth content network targeting millennials and Generation Z, owned by both Verizon and Hearst Media, which is, uh, which is pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Uh, they're going to be... Paid $200 million in cash along with $100 million of equity in BuzzFeed to buy that uh, organization. Um, but uh, yeah, they're going to become a publicly traded company through a merger with Fifth Avenue Partners that owns a, that owns, that holds, according to this article, $288 million in cash in a trust account after the IPO last year. And they got another $150 million by Redwood Capital Management and all these other sort of hedge fund stuff and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, they plan to grow. They've uh, uh, gotten almost a half a billion dollars of revenue coming into them. And uh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive growth for this company. Very unique company. I mean, you should definitely, I mean, you should definitely... Definitely check check it out. Uh, BuzzFeed also recently acquired uh, HuffPost, Huff, the Huffington Post, which at one time was a big news news organization and kind of fell off a little bit. But now that they've merged with BuzzFeed, they're they're kind of they're building a very robust news organization there. So I think um, I mean, like I said, I visit BuzzFeed on a regular basis. I think they do pretty good work over there. I think they even have reporters in the White House now that I think about it. So they're a pretty good player. I mean, obviously, you got the big, big folks, so ABC, NBC, and Fox, and CNN. But they, for an online uh, news organization, they do a pretty good job. They do a pretty good job. Now, um, this purchase, this purchase is being done through something called a SPAC, or a Special Purpose Acquisition Company. 
Did I get that acronym right? Yes, yes, I did. And apparently this has become a very popular way, a very popular way for private companies to raise money to go public. Uh, usually, usually they go through the IPO route, the initial public offering. It's time-consuming and has a lot of disclosures they have to make. But this way, apparently, is a whole lot easier and um, you can raise a decent amount of money to do it. So this is also done, Group 9 Media uh, did this earlier this year. Uh, it's a digital media roll-up uh, which had discovery behind it. Like, I don't know exactly what all this means, but this apparently is a very popular way to do things. Uh, yeah, so you would, uh, you would, you're probably going to see more of this if this is very successful. It's going to be traded uh, under the public exchange ticker symbol BZFD. Get BuzzFeed. Uh, 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 BuzzFeed. So, uh, yeah, they are going public. They are going public. And their main competitors are Vox Media, Group 9, and Vice Media Group, the Vice folks. So, it's uh, another player getting in the field, publicly traded uh, company, BuzzFeed. So, I'm not here to provide you investment advice, so uh, don't take that as an investment endorsement. <laughs> we now go to Japan, where the Olympics, after a one-year delay, will be starting next month. Uh, but the Emperor of Japan, uh, Emperor Naruhito, if I'm saying that uh, correctly, expressed extreme worry about the COVID-19 uh, situation and infections. Um, Japan has said they're going to limit... Uh, fans to 10,000 per venue and no international fans will be allowed to come. Only uh, people in Japan can attend the Olympics. They're on frequent testing, but there's still a lot of concern about COVID-19 um, uh, being, being there and being an issue there. The infections are rising in Japan and uh, even the emperor made a statement saying there was concern. Now, he is the emperor of Japan, but he actually holds no political sway or power in Japan. So, like, for example, the Queen Elizabeth of Great Britain does actually technically have some powers. There's some things, actually, there's a few things she can do at her own will, and there's some things she does on advice of the government. Uh, the emperor of Japan has none of that. He is just a symbol of the Japanese people, but he's highly respected. He is highly respected, and his words carry a lot of weight. Um, he took over uh, within the last, I think, f several years. The previous emperor abdicated. He was very old and very popular. And this emperor, according to news reports, is also now very popular with the Japanese people. So his express expressing concern is going to get a lot of attention. And um, so hopefully, th hopefully they'll be able to pull this off Successfully, they're, they're going to do it. There's really nothing short short of a a massive outbreak of infections. I don't see them postponing it again. If they're going to postpone it again. They're probably going to cancel it because next year's the Winter Olympics, and you know they just they don't have two Olympics. They don't do two Olympics a year anymore. They they just don't do that anymore. So uh, I'll be following the situation closely when the Olympics start. I will also give you, my friends, a Olympic medal count. Um, actually, no, wait, let me ask you this. Feel free, to, feel free to tweet me what countries do you want me to keep track of? Because I think I'm going to keep track of, uh, obviously, the United States, um, 
India. I'm going to keep track of India. Uh, Russia. And then maybe another one. Maybe another one. So if you think if you think of there's some um, countries, tell me, I'll do the United States, Russia, Japan, and like, uh, you know, Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, Nepal, Bhutan, that, that general area. Because I know I have a lot of listeners in that area. That, that general area. Maybe China too. So cover all cover all my bases I'll give you because it's it's only it's only two weeks long it's July 23rd to August 8th which I think is the anniversary of my first show so I will provide you several updates probably three updates I think there's about three weeks I think yeah three weeks but um yeah I'll provide you some updates about the summer Olympics in Tokyo in Tokyo so Hopefully they'll do it, and uh, hopefully everyone gets in and out there safely. You should be, you should definitely be vaccinated if you're going to be attending the Olympics. I'll be back by now. You should be vaccinated as it is, as it is. But uh, anyways, getting sidetracked here. Uh, Olympics coming soon. I'll be following it. While I am following the Olympics, someone who you've been following for for quite a long time now should be my pal. Rocks. Why, you ask? Because she hosts the Rock Sessions. It is our drive time show here, making sure your evening commute home is fun, featuring the hottest music on the charts and some other surprises in between. She will make it rock, rock style. It's a fantastic show. She's a fantastically my pal, Rocks. It's on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., Right here on AWSM Radio. Catch it. Make a note. Set your schedule. Set alarm. Listen to The Rock Sessions. Right here on AWSM Radio. Continuing with COVID-19, we go to Brazil, where they are in the middle of the third wave of the pandemic, setting daily records for COVID cases. It is a very tough situation down there. Um, they now have had just, you know, getting over 100,000 new cases confirmed every day, thousands of new deaths every day. They are currently at uh, over 500,000 deaths from COVID-19 in Brazil. They really have not done, uh, really have not done a good job at getting this under control down there. They're the second worst hit country in the world in terms of absolute numbers uh, behind the United States. where We have over 600,000 deaths here. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of pressure on the government thinking that they did not do a very good job at containing the situation here. Um, took a very, I would say, cavalier approach to COVID-19. Something that was kind of similar to, let's say, oh, I don't know, early 2020 here in the United States. But uh, with increasing, with increasing numbers, uh, the uh, head of their health organization said that we are definitely in the third wave. Now, Brazil is the largest country in Latin America with over 200 million people living there. And they have a confirmed over 18 million COVID cases. So pretty close to 10% of their population has officially had COVID. And I think we all know that um, a lot of cases are not reported. So, you know, even here in the United States, there's a lot of, most scientists say, okay, listen, we have a number, but this is probably underreported. Probably unreported. So I would be, I would be surprised if not over, 
10% of the population has been infected with COVID-19 down there. Now, the number of daily infections have been rising for more than a month, and uh, the daily average death rate has been above 2,000 for the last week. So it is an issue down there. Uh, so to all my Brazilian friends down there in Brazil, please, please be careful, be safe, wear a mask, wear gloves, um, stay off of Brazil Facebook memes telling you, you know, to drink vinegar and zinc to ward off, uh, ward off COVID-19. Just listen to scientists and whatnot. But uh, hope you guys are doing well down there. My thoughts are with you. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to turn the corner soon and, and be, be on the right trajectory. Changing gears, going to the entertainment world. AMC, which you know is the home of The Walking Dead, the very popular zombie series. Uh, Walking Dead is wrapping up after the season. They've got Fear of the Walking Dead, and then they got the other spinoff show, which escapes me at the time. You're probably yourself, whoa, cult, well, zombies, I think, have run its course. What will AMC do next? Vampires, that's right, my friends. Uh, AMC is going to, has greenlit the adaptation of Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire. Uh, not just a movie, actually a series of books, the Movie in the mid-90s had Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, a very young Kirsten Dunst. And they're going to be bringing that to AMC in 2022 to develop a series and more more, more shows from that universe and whatnot. And um, you know what? I am interested. I would, I would check it out. Uh, folks who uh, did Friday Night Lights, Breaking Bad, Bear Call Saul... Uh, are all involved with this. They did great series, so I'm encouraged by this, encouraged by this, that this will be a good show. Uh, no word yet on who's going to be who in it. Now, this is just greenlit. Uh, AMC bought the, uh, sort of the rights to produce shows from the works of Anne Rice in May 2020. Um, and uh, sh I, I, I want to, I want to see it. I want to see it. I like the zombie show. I watched True Blood. Uh, last season was nothing great, but I like that show too. And I want to see what AMC does here. I mean, I'm going to need something to replace my Sunday night's horror genre shows when, when Walking Dead wraps up. I would be interested in... I would be interested in Interview with a Vampire show. Okay. Also in that movie, a very young... Christian Slater. That's really an all-star movie. You should really check it out. It's got Brad Pitt, uh, Tom Cruise, Kirsten Dunst, Christian Slater, and Antonio Banderas. Yes, Antonio Banderas is also in that movie. It's kind of a smaller role and whatnot, but it's a great movie. Great movie. Want to see how this series plays out. Do you know what would be great? Oh my goodness. They could somehow hook in Antonio Banderas for like a cameo or Tom Cruise. I mean, that'd be a lot of money. Oh boy. A lot of money. Plus, they're vampires. They all look older now. You know what? I don't care. They can do it. I would watch it. I would definitely, definitely watch it. So, AMC next year, 2022, uh, series based off of uh, Interview with a Vampire and Rice's Vampire Chronicles. It's coming to AMC and AMC Plus. You should definitely check it out because I will. Speaking of new things, my friends, there's a new show here on AWSM Radio, Married to the Game. Okay? It is our new sports show here. Every Wednesday at 9 p.m., uh, Married to the Game features Brian, Joe, and Mac Daddy. 
And these, my fine friends, will bring their insights, analytics, and expertise to the table on all games, all the games, and a little bit, a little bit of trash talking. That's right. It would be a sports show without trash talking, so you should really listen to it. Tune in to catch up on all the week on all things sports and follow them on the Instagram, Brian at bolstered underscore up underscore sports, Nick at Mac Daddy Ryan Show, and Joe on Turn Up the Jets, all on Instagram. All need to be, you should really just follow them. You should really just follow them and then follow the shows, the show's Instagram, Married to the Game Radio, MTTG Radio on Instagram. You should, you should really just check it out, friends. Okay. Married to the Game every Wednesday at 9 p.m. right here on AWSM Radio. Finally, this, folks, we go to Amazon, not the Amazon in South America, but Amazon, the company where they are under scrutiny from the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, they're going to be probing Amazon's acquisition of MGM, major movie studio. Uh, it was, I believe they paid $9 billion for MGM and all its intellectual intellectual property and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so the FTC is going to take a look at anything that's a deal this big. They usually want to take a look at to make sure it's not impacting consumers and whatnot. Uh, now, the thought of Amazon buying MGM is for their obviously their Amazon Prime, their streaming service. Uh, a lot of commentators said they know Amazon's a big player there, but they don't quite have the series that Netflix or Disney Plus does. You know, Netflix has the Stranger Things and. Disney Plus has all the Marvel series coming out. Loki is a good series. And so they kind of want to bolster their their Amazon Prime availability uh, to have more movies available. So MGM has all the James Bond movies. That's a, that's a big one for MGM. Uh, so there's a lot of movies with, with MGM that they want to put on Amazon Prime. Now for Amazon, it's not so much having people watch the movies, they want the Amazon Prime subscription, which gets you free shipping, discounts, Prime Day, uh, some perks at Whole Foods, whatnot. They want to add more value to that. So, they're not so much concerned about people watching these movies, but people maintaining their Amazon Prime account, their subscription to Amazon Prime, okay? So, they want to add more value to that as opposed to, uh, you know, Solely from a streaming purposes. Uh, MGM's very excited about it. You know, they're going to get a whole influx of money. So, be interesting to see where this goes. I think, I think the deal will go through. And pretty soon, you'll see James Bond on Amazon Prime. Well, my friends, that just about wraps up another week of the Saturday Reporters Me Cult Sebastian Taylor. This seems like they go faster every week. I may have to expand the, the, the slot here. Request some more time to talk to you. I've, there's just so many stories I didn't get to today. So much going on today, so we'll see what happens. But hey, thank you for joining me today. Remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the Rizzle, on the Cameo, and on the Instagram at Colt S. Taylor. And please, if you think there's a story I should cover, if you think I'm wrong about something, hit me up there. I do enjoy engaging with people. And if you haven't already, bookmark ColtSebastianTaylor.com for all your Colt Sebastian Taylor needs. I update it, you know, every now and again and whatnot, but uh, you should definitely have that bookmark and visit it weekly because I might have something new on there. 
So, until next time, my wonderful, fantastic friends, I am, of course, your friend, Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later.